0: Some professionals have the profound ability to touch people's hearts and influence their lives in the way wedding officiants do. To stand out from the multitude of ordained wedding officiants, one must have superior interpersonal skills and heartfelt and committed service to the couple and their wedding. Like our guest for this episode, Christopher Shelley is a certified life cycle celebrant, a professional wedding officiant, and an author. His goal is to make the ceremony the most entertaining part of the wedding day. Tune in as Maria and Christopher talk about the wedding business in New York, what makes him unique to other officiants, and his advice to other officiants. Okay, good morning, everyone. Maria Romano here, true love knots. I have a great treat for you. So I have all the way from New York City. New York City, close to my hometown, the Bronx. I have Christopher Shelley here, and I am so excited to have him on my program. He, I met Christopher, as a matter of fact, Chris, I met you over at Wedding MBA. Where that's I, correct. That's right, where I gave a talk, and they had tasked me with the talk of marketing. <laughs> but that's okay, we we got through it, and I really wanted you to get- did great. <laughs> And I really wanted to get more into podcasting as well. And I always like to bring um, my community some value. So first of all, virtual hugs and kisses. (laughs) And we got the memo. Usually I don't wear something on, but something told me I needed to wear this today, especially for you. So you know what, Chris, a lot of people want to probably hear about you. So give me your backstory of how you got involved, because you do a couple of things in the wedding business, and I don't want to give it away. So share with us a little bit about how you got started.
1: Well, first of all, before I get to that, I have to confess that I changed into my flowered shirt just minutes ago. I was in my ratty black sweatshirt and I thought, no, let's, let's dress up for Maria. Love it. Love it. But this is just for you. And I'm glad I did. Thank you. But I've been a wedding celebrant since 2011. Mm -hmm. And I got into doing weddings because I went to a lot of wedding ceremonies. I did not enjoy at all. I thought the person doing the wedding uh, wasn't very personal, maybe didn't even know the couple. And I was just like itching to jump up there and do it myself. So I interviewed a lot of people who do this work, saw nothing wrong with it. It appeals to me as a performer. It appeals to me as a writer. And it appeals to me as a you know an older adult who's been married for a long time and been through some things. And I love being part of people's special day.
0: So you mentioned something, performer. What did you do in your former life?
1: Oh, I've had several former lives, like most New Yorkers. Mm-hmm. but I moved here because I was an actor just like a lot of other people. I went to an acting conservatory, a classical theater training conservatory at Boston University. The graduates, we all tended to move here to New York where all the plays are cast, and uh, we started our theater lives there, and that was a long time ago. I I went from theater to uh, working at an investment bank called Goldman Sachs, of course, which I'd never heard of at the time because I was a theater kid, and my parents urged me to take the job when they hi- asked me to work for them. Um, so I worked there for a long time, and then I left them. I left them over and over. Actually, I kept kept going back, but the last time I left them in 2008, when Lehman Brothers collapsed, and there was the whole subprime mortgage fiasco. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife and I at the time were traveling, not travel, we were uh, training to be massage therapists, totally of the career, right? We were massage therapists for several years. Technically I still am one. And a few years into doing that, I really wanted to do something more social and fun and something with performing again. And that's when I got into weddings. So for about five years, my wife and I ran our massage practice and I was doing weddings All at the same time, it got to be too much. So we gave up the massage practice, and now I just do weddings. Uh, But I also have a book on what I do in the wedding industry, which was very exciting for me. It's called Best Ceremony Ever. And you can really see that. It's kind of bright. Best Ceremony Ever. Love it. Um, And to write the book and um, continue with my wedding practice, it was all I could do.
0: So where can that book be found? Because at the end anywhere. of i we're going to put this in. Okay, anywhere. Best yeah, Amazon,
1: Barnes & Noble, indie books, pretty much everywhere.
0: Kudos to place. you. Kudos yeah. to you. Thank you. And, um, and So tell me a little bit. As you know, I have a course, How to Officiate Wedding Ceremonies. But um, tell me about the licensing process in New York for officiating.
1: Sure. It's neat. In New York, you go down to the city clerk's office right downtown, mm-hmm. this massive bureaucratic building. Mm-hmm. Um, there is this huge ledger you sign. Um, before you get to that point, you have to be ordained by a recognized institution. I happen to be ordained through the Universal Brotherhood Movement. Okay. Um, they're a little more involved than some of the online ordination companies where all you need is five minutes and a credit card. Universal Brotherhood movement, they interview you, you write essays, they really vet you before they say, okay, you're a good person, we will let you do weddings. Um, so you do that, you, you prove to New York State that you have a congregation, that you're a, a minister of the congregation. Um, so there's some, some hoops you have to jump through. But once you do that, you go down to City Hall and there's this huge, giant book, this giant ledger, and you sign your name by hand, this ledger, and bam, you can do weddings here for the rest of your life it's that's pretty wonderful.
0: cool now when you say in new york is that just in manhattan or is it all five boroughs that's for, what that encompasses
1: that's for all of new york state okay yeah not to get too granular with it but if you get licensed in manhattan you're then you're good for the whole state mm-hmm. if you get licensed outside of manhattan uh you can't do anything in manhattan Interesting.
0: So that's a real general them. look at that. <laughs> Interesting, that little island, huh? That little a little peninsula, oh, yeah. which is wonderful. As a matter of fact, I was in New York over just before Christmas, had a ball, loved it, and saw Music Man getting back to Broadway, right? And yep. Hugh Jackman was incredible. Ate my way through, had a great time. So um, <laughs> which again, I'm the Bronx girl. So and I didn't get to have really good pizza, but that's OK. I'm going back to the Bronx for that.
1: It's so still ask, here when you need it. Yeah,
0: I definitely. So tell me, how do you market yourself um, as far as with your. Now, your company's name is Illuminating Ceremonies. Illuminating
1: Ceremonies. OK, yeah. go ahead. So
0: share with us. How I advertise
1: on The Knot. I used to advertise on both The Knot and Wedding Wire, which, of course, merged to form Wedding Pro. Right. Um, So I'm still found through both of them, but mostly it's the knot. So I actually looked this up the other day. In 2022, half of my weddings came from the knot and half came from referrals from other wedding vendors, uh, past couples I've married, stuff like that. So that made me really happy. Made me happy because the knot membership's still worth it (laughs) and made me happy that I have a lot of people referring me to other people, which is just the best. And if there's ever a couple that saw me do a wedding and then I get to do their wedding. That's really fun because on those days I try to get photos with me and both of the couples. And those are really.
0: Oh, that's neat. And you know, that, that is a way definitely let's face it. When you have referral business, that is wonderful. That's like a built in repeat business and it doesn't cost you that much in, you know, marketing dollars as well. And yes, you know, as an officiant now in Las Vegas, it's a little different. We're saturated. When I mean by saturated, we do over 80,000 weddings a year just in Las yeah. Vegas. So we have a lot of officiants. And that's one thing I really didn't get to talk about at Wedding MBAs. You know, my talk flew by like we were done. And I was like, oh, my God, what do you mean I'm done? Felt I felt like five heard...
1: minutes, right? I yeah.
0: know, I felt like five minutes. But one thing I didn't get to touch on is actually the referral side of the industry. And share with us about you. Do you do anything? Um, do you remunerate them back? I mean, first of all, they need share, you know, you get them from wedding planners, photographers.
1: Well, I, I often get them from wedding planners I've worked with before, occasionally from photographers I've worked with, um, DJs. Mm-hmm. I love DJs. They, love, they seem to love me. So, um, and other officiants as well. What's nice in New York, um, we're not doing you know 15 weddings a day here. We're doing maybe one or two or three a weekend. And once you're booked for a wedding that Saturday night, that's it, you can't do another wedding that Saturday night. So if someone reaches out to me, I'm already booked for a Saturday night, I say, I'm not available, try my friend so-and-so. And they do the same for me. And some people will do something where they'll like send a $20 Starbucks card or something but it's really not necessary because we would end up sending the same $20 Starbucks uh, card back and forth to each other. So what we do is we just, um, we just refer people.
0: We're we have getting. little groups of people
1: like <laughs> geographically. I know that there's a Long Island wedding, I'll send them to a certain person. If there's a New Jersey wedding, I'll send it to another person. If it's Manhattan. And so you kind of know like who would be best suited to this kind of wedding geographically, temperamentally, stuff like that.
0: Andrew, that's yeah. funny. I call it cross-pollinating. And that's so important when you have vendors that become really your partners as well. And that's important. You know, I always tell any new officiants, you know, make friends with everybody. And, you know, oh, sometimes... Yeah. And when you started in 2011, I started in 2010. I don't know about what you experienced there, but in Las Vegas, we had very staunch ministers and they felt they were running the show and uh-huh. everybody worked around them. And as you know, in this industry, it's not about us. It's about us delivering a great ceremony, but it's also the it's the couple's day. I mean, yeah. some of them. So one partner might have dreamt of this day for a long time. So you want to be able to provide them with something that's memorable and legendary. And that's what's important and elegant. So and I think it's important, um, you know, listening to your couple. That's the biggest thing. But I have found that even, you know, the ministers, the ones that are a little older than me, well, I'm not going to give my age away, but <laughs> but, but they uh, have a tendency to be a little bit more. Uh, rigid in their style, and what yeah. style of ceremony would you say that you bring? What sets Chris apart from anybody else in NYC?
1: Well, I blow people's minds because I I'm already talking the moment I set foot in the ceremony space. Whether I'm saying hello to everybody, if I'm just kind of warming up the crowd, uh, whatever it is, I'm I set the tone from second number one that this is going to be a different ceremony than normal um I'm talking to people I try to have a really um uplifting energy up there I try to be louder than most officiants they've heard clearer than most officiants they've heard more theatrical and just getting everyone uh get their attention going get them excited get them happy for what's about to happen and um hand off whatever's happening on a real up note now people are surprised that a wedding ceremony can be funny um Some people don't even feel like they're allowed to laugh at first, and then when you win them over, they start laughing. Uh, I think people are, are marvel at the fact that within the 20 minutes of a wedding ceremony, you can be laughing uproariously because I'm telling a true story about the couple, and then you can hear a pin drop because I'm saying some beautiful things about the couple, and everyone has a chance to cry and think it's wonderful and beautiful, and then you lift them up again and send them off to cocktail hour on a really good note. So the rhythms of a ceremony are, are something I try to be really closely in tune with um, because you don't want it to be all funny because it's not about that. and It's not about me, certainly. You don't want it to be all heavy and serious like a thousand wedding ceremonies people have attended before. You want a nice balance of things so people can feel all the feelings you know, and feel like they've attended a real wedding and i say that because a lot of times i'm in an event space or on a rooftop or at a baseball field or a museum i'm not in a church you know i'm not in a place where certain generations expect weddings can happen and that's like the only place they can happen you know so if someone walks into a, a lawn next to a mansion you already have to kind of win them over to say this is a real wedding even though we're on a lawn next to a mansion in the middle of new jersey or wherever it is um so People are, are shocked at how much they enjoy the wedding ceremony aspect of it. They, people always say, thank you so much for keeping it light. Thank you for not making me cry too much. Um, thank you for you know, saying all these things that were personal and true about the couple. Because I think a lot of guests are used to what I was used to in the old days, where I would go to a wedding and the ceremony would seem like something painful you had to sit through like eating your vegetables before you're allowed to eat your your steak or whatever. And I just never understood why it had to be that way. For me, I've been married for 20 years in a row to the same person. I think it's a really fun, wonderful thing in my life. And I think these people getting married have a lot to look forward to. So I try to have a positive view on that.
0: And I think that's so important. You know, it's funny you talked about it shouldn't be painful. I think about church, you know, I'm a Catholic girl on my knees all the time and that's painful, but you're right, interesting because I was at Mass the uh, on Sunday and I had to speak about something. One of my yeah. friends had attended and later on she said, "You got up and you were funny and you were light and she says I did not expect that in church." And the same thing vice versa when you get out into a wedding ceremony cuz you do. You sound like your components are very similar to what I do. Uh, you know, you got enough to make them cry, enough to be serious, but you got to be lighthearted about it and incorporate the guest. But yeah. I, I could just imagine on a baseball field, Chris. I am jealous. I'm not even envious. I am jealous. I would love to. I'm putting it out there. I want to do a ceremony <laughs> on a baseball field. How is that feeling? It must be incredible.
1: Well, question. it's it's okay. Let's let's clarify here. I've done two weddings at um, City Field, which is where the Mets play. Mm-hmm. The first one was in the outfield. There's a, a bridge out there that goes from one part of the bleachers to the other. And the second wedding I did was right on top of the visiting team's dugout. That was really cool. It was the middle of winter. So it was kind of unusual to see snow in the field, but it was still, you're in Citi Field, you're on top of the dugout. Now it felt really, really cool. On the first wedding I did there, I got to use the microphone I used was the the microphone for the entire stadium. So the the microphone that they use during games to announce the next batter or whatever, that was the one I used for the ceremony. So that was really cool. I am so je- I recommend it highly. I'm jealous. Yeah. I'm
0: jealous. But you know, this is why I love what we do. I mean, it's it's different, and and you know, you have to have a passion for what you're doing. It sounds like you both have a passion, you and your wife, and and that this is some. You have to have it in your People, you know, when we start out, and, and what advice would you give um, yourself? 12 years ago, when you started out as how you are today, what would you tell?
1: What would you tell your? Oh, that's a great question. I would tell myself, I would probably tell myself to slow down, to uh, listen even closer than you think you have to, to what your couples want. Not that I wasn't listening back then, but knowing what I know now, I can learn so much about a couple In the first few minutes, I'm talking to them. And I know I'll I'll probably have a good feeling of what their families are like. You know, I have a good feeling of what the vibe is going to be like on the wedding day, just in a few minutes of talking to them. So I would just, I would do a lot of listening. Um, Like you say, it is about them, right? And when we interview, for example, we are selling ourselves, but it would really help you just to listen to everything they can possibly tell you about what they think their ceremony will be like what they think their wedding will be like get them talking as much as possible before you start going into your spiel about yourself that's one thing I would I would say no I I would also tell myself you have so much to look forward to oh man I didn't even I had no idea Maria I thought it was going to be something I did part-time here and there occasionally throughout the year I had no idea that I would be doing three and four weddings a weekend at these incredible venues with these amazing people um, I, it's, it's turned out to be 500% more exciting and rewarding than I ever dreamed it would be. So I tell myself to get ready to have a great time.
0: <laughs> and you know, you're right. And most people do start out as it, and it's part-time for me in Las Vegas, but i done over a thousand weddings last year, but you have to remember a completely different price point. And I only work with four vendors because I want to deliver a great ceremony. I'm not one of these five minute ceremonies. I have to ask you a question if you can just give me a range, because again, I'm always looking to share because I have uh, people that train all over the United States. What would you say the price range is for a ceremony in New York? Just the price range, you know, high to low, basically.
1: I put on my website a range of 700 to 1700 but honestly i i think my high range is just to not scare people too much um i've gotten over 2000 for a wedding here it's not very common um as i don't know if it's the same in vegas but um the wedding officiant tends to be the smallest part of their budget and they tend to be shocked when it's it's anything over eight hundred dollars oh that's a lot of people are
0: that's incredible but, because yeah vegas is not that way very way minimal compared to what you're saying
1: yeah I think and, and think that, that money i try to explain depends a lot on the geography mm-hmm. and how much i'm going to have to travel to get to the wedding venue so if someone tells me they're getting married around the corner from my apartment here that's one thing right. if they tell me they're getting married out in montauk at the end of Long Island, that's a very different thing. So that's really where the range comes in. Um, And officiants here, just like officiants everywhere, I think are always struggling even to be considered a wedding vendor. Um, There are a lot of places that they don't even think of the officiant as a vendor because it's so ingrained that that's the religious part or that's like separate from the party, you know? Um, I'm doing a whole talk at the special event in Orlando at the end of March, about how the ceremony can launch the whole party, and how if you have a spectacular ceremony, it just gives this emotional boost to the entire evening and makes every other wedding vendor look good. Um, But I have a feeling after being in this industry this long, not that I've been in it that long, but long enough to know that it's never gonna change. And the reason it's never gonna change, I think, is because of who our clients are. Our clients are people who have never had to deal with wedding vendors before, they've never planned a wedding before it's the first time. And hopefully the only time they're ever getting married. And so they don't know anything, you know, so we're doing a lot of educating and uh, I think clients operate on a lot of hearsay and they they're really concerned about the party and the reception and the DJ and stuff like that. And they tend to think about the ceremony last, which makes me sad. But it's the
0: most important. You're right, Chris. But it's
1: the most important part.
0: Yeah. It's the trajectory of the kickoff of their celebration. And you're right. And when you leave that as an officiant, you want to leave everybody feeling wonderful. And and that's important. And that's why you have to bring your A game. So what advice would you give an officiant if they really weren't feeling up to par? That happens. Life like, gets like, in place. Like
1: physically or or oh, nerves, mentally
0: or physically.
1: If they're oh, not, physically not feeling, up to depend, it, yeah. This is the this is the old showbiz thing where the show must go on, especially in this case, because the show is only one time. You know, you don't have an understudy. That's you know, true. you may have colleagues you can refer people to, but if you're not feeling well that day, this is where things like. Meditation can be really useful, anything you can do to calm your breath and calm your heart rate down and um, get your mind off of yourself and start thinking about your couple and think how happy you are for the couple and what they're going through that day. I love, you know what? I love it when wedding planners give me the, the what do they call it? The day of run sheet or whatever it yes. is. Where they break down of the everything. One
0: of the show sheets. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, they, everything. Uh, from the mor- moment they wake up at the hotel and makeup arrives and they're doing hair. And I like to look at that and say, like, look at my watch and go, OK, what are they doing right now? Oh, wow, they're doing this right now. OK, that's kind of fun. And of course, I'm just, you know. At home drinking coffee, but these people are already doing hair and makeup at seven in the morning. Oh, sure. Um, so I would say just think about your couple and don't think so much about yourself and maybe you can think of all the people in all the world they chose you to be up there with them at their wedding i mean that that thought alone should make anyone feel really really good
0: that's a wonderful way to end this is they've chosen you mm-hmm. and i love that and you're right and that's special because it's now you're part of the family now you're part of the family yeah you are and you know what, I even tell uh, people as well, and what you say, you know, affects and stays with that couple for the rest of their lives, they might pull from that ceremony, when they're going through some difficulties, or when they're feeling elated. But also, and I always, I always say this is that when you look out, and you've probably experienced this, Chris, where you look out, and you see the audience, and all of a sudden, you say something, and they go, Oh, or maybe something, a light bulb moment went on. And that could have maybe um, increased intimacy or maybe let somebody, maybe they were a little annoyed at their partner and now they're no longer annoyed. Is it true? When <laughs> it's they true. Well, it's, there, really, friend... um,
1: it's really affirming, I think, for a couple who may never have this kind of chance again to be publicly um, applauded. Mm-hmm. Like things about them are appreciated in a very obvious way. In, this, in the situation of a ceremony where people are saying, oh, they're laughing or they're, they're maybe repeating it or looking at each other and acknowledging that it's true. That may be the first time the couple realizes that those people feel that way as well. And so it's a wonderful live event. I'm so happy that live weddings are back in abundance. Oh, gosh. I, I never enjoyed the Zoom weddings. I, there was just something missing, you know.
0: We never did them on Zoom in Las Vegas, but uh, yeah, something about Zoom and I could, how did you manage to know, tell me on the uh, paperwork side, how did you know it was the couple and the paperwork is so, you know, here we have to have them here in front of us, but that's our state laws.
1: It was so awkward. And honestly, I didn't do that many. I probably did only fewer than 10. I have friends who did hundreds of them and I just kind of put out to the universe that I didn't like them. And ended I'm up sure. not doing much, but it was ridiculous because they'd have to, while you're talking to them if, to do the signing of the license part, you'd have to have them send you a PDF and then you have to go online and do the PDF signing and then email it back to them and ask that they got it. It was very awkward. Um, I, bet it was. I bet it was. And supposedly you had to show, have them show their, their driver's license to mm. prove they were who they were and you'd go through it. You'd make them do that. But really, you know who they are. You know they're, who else is going to be getting married at this time <laughs> With this name, but it was so ridiculous and um, I did a lot of live weddings, though, still, during the pandemic mm-hmm. um, socially distanced, you know people stood further apart, but there were a lot of people who did live weddings. They well, we were different, but they were still there.
0: We did in Vegas, yes.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: I want to first thank you so much. I mean, you have just enlightened my world. I'm so glad that we finally got to connect. Uh, we I, we had met in November and I had sent an email to you, but maybe I just had the wrong email address. And I'm so mm-hmm. glad you reached out to me on Instagram. Um, Chris, would you share with us a little bit about how they can get in touch with you? And I'm going to put this in the show notes along with your book information. But please tell everybody, um, a little bit where they can reach
1: you. Sure. Well, the website is illuminating com, And uh, the best email is very simple. It's Chris at illuminating com. We make it so simple.
0: Yeah. So everybody.
1: And my, my phone number is there too. And it's very easy and people can text me and stuff like that. I'm easy to find.
0: Well, I'm glad to hear that. And I'm so glad you took the time uh, to be on today's program, because I know that our time is valuable. We know that we'll never get this back. So I'm so thrilled you came on to share this with other people. So in the meantime, everybody, uh, continue to stay healthy, happy, and safe. As I always say, spread love. Have a great day.